You're listening to the Sales Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, sharing strategies and tools to help you develop leads and achieve sales targets. And now your host, Tim Baker. Having the right attributes and characteristics are very important for a sales role. Having the experience is also very important. Experience will come in time, but what about the skills and tools? As a young sales professional, how can you make sure you are getting the best training possible to maximize your potential success in a sales career? We are very fortunate to have with us Tibor Shanto as our guest. Tibor is the Chief Sales Officer at Rembor Sales Solutions, a sales trainer, well-known speaker, and B2B prospecting and sales execution specialist. Tibor specializes in B2B companies that deliver professional development for sales professionals. He aims to help professionals better execute their sales process with a focus on new client and revenue acquisition. Tibor has worked with hundreds of companies and thousands of reps, helping them understand that success in sales is all about execution and everything else is just talk. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com and remember to subscribe to the cpsa podcast through itunes google play and more tibor welcome to the cpsa leadership podcast series thank you very much for having me it's a pleasure to be here tibor could you share with our listeners your career story your career path and why you wanted to pursue a career in sales I'm happy to share my career path, but I think it might be erroneous to say that I pursued a career in sales. It might be more accurate to say that sales pursued me and finally I succumbed. But I didn't start off in sales. Uh, back in the 80s, I was, um, wouldn't quite call it an entrepreneur, but I had my hands in a couple of things, a winter business and a summer business. And at the time, somebody gave me a tip on a stock, which I did quite well in. Um, and then when they gave me the next tip on a stock, I, of course, followed through. But uh, as you know, with tips, it went entirely the other way. And I not only gave back what I won on the first trade, but a little bit more. So mm-hmm. it occurred to me that there's more to this than meets the eye and taking tips from a buddy. So I looked into what it takes to get involved in the securities market here in Canada And at the time, in order to get your licensing, you had to be sponsored by a firm that was uh, registered with one of the regulatory bodies. And of course, the only entry-level positions with some of these firms was around sales. So that was my first uh, contact with sales. And then eventually, I ended up actually with... um, a bank where sell, sales wasn't really that that big until, if you'll recall, the regulations changed in Canada in 87, and all of a sudden the banks were allowed to get into securities, and selling mm-hmm. those securities became you know, a challenge. And since they saw my resume that I had something to do with sales in the past, I was tapped for that. Um, and that's how slowly I began to realize that 
there was some fun to be had selling. There's a certain creative element to it. And um, even though I didn't actively for a couple of years pursue things around sales, um, most of the jobs that I got involved in had an element of sales. And eventually, in the early part of the 90s, I uh, threw up my hands and said, okay, let me go sell. Um, and even then, early on, um, I remember my wife keeps reminding me that there was one assessment of me done that suggested I wouldn't do good in sales. So, um, hmm. you know, I guess it was like the pollsters earlier this week in the election. But anyways, um, so that's how I got into sales. And then eventually I ended up working for Dow Jones and through various uh, positions and changes and so on. At one time, I ended up with a position where training came under my uh, portfolio. And by that time, I was living in the States. And when I decided to move back to Toronto, somebody suggested that perhaps I could uh, continue what I had done internally, um, extend it, and start a business, which I did in 2004. And that's what I've been doing since is professional development for professional salespeople, almost exclusively B2B salespeople. Thank you for sharing that with us. Because this series is targeted towards uh, the, the younger sales professionals or those that are considering pursuing a career in sales, can you tell us, in, in your experience, what are some of the challenges that someone might face uh, when starting or early in stages of their sales career? I think the challenge is, is you know, sales is a disciplined game. You know, there's a lot of debates out there. Um you know, sales is not a numbers game. Sales is not this, you know, and there's a lot of, especially with the rise of social media, people are trying to take sales again out of its roots, which is a disciplined, um, you know, a disciplined practice. And as such, you need to have discipline, which means understanding how you allocate and invest your time, understand what's important and what's not. And then most importantly, understand that it's a disciplined game that very much involves other people, in which case there's a whole bunch of subjectivity that you have to cut through. So I think that the more methodical, more disciplined you are early in your career, the more likely you are to develop the habits that will help you throughout your career. And you could see examples of this of people who, when they first come into sales or they get a sales job with a new company, you know, they spend a lot of time prospecting and doing the basics because they got to go from zero to some level of pro productivity. And then they begin to go off that discipline. They believe that they could live off their base. And, you know, the first manifestation is that they begin to put up with less of an income or maybe a flattening income. And eventually, as they get into their 40s and early 50s, as they live off their base, you know, they just get less and less and less. But because they haven't gone back to the basic roots. So I think that if early on they're lucky enough to have a manager who is truly committed to developing them as opposed to just getting them up to ramp so they could produce, then they could implement those disciplines and continue them the rest of their career. If they don't have that manager, there's plenty of good books out there that they could use to model and, and build that, you know, for lack of a better word, a foundation that they'll always be in a position to build from as opposed to just exist off. So I watched an interview with you recently, just earlier in the week, and you were talking about the importance of the, the attributes and characteristics of, of a great sales leader or a great salesperson. And can you share with us what you feel makes a successful leader in sales? 
I think a successful leader in sales has to recognize that their job is leading. And, you know, the expression I like to use is, you know, lead from the front as opposed to behind the desk. Um, and leadership, whether it's in sales or whether it's in the military or politics or sports or any endeavor is different than being a practitioner. It helps if you have a good understanding, but if you look at some of the leaders, you know, some of the great coaches and leaders in hockey, often they weren't the best players when they were in, you know, playing the game and vice versa. If we look at Wayne Gretzky, who's nobody would argue about his abilities in you know, careers as a hockey player, he struggled as a coach. And I think part of it is that a lot of people who get into a leadership role, A, they get into it for entirely the wrong reasons. Usually they're promoted as an element of attaboy. And the assumption is that they were successful as a salesperson. They'll certainly be successful in the next rung in the ladder. And that's not always the case. There needs to be, I know from my own point of view, I needed some rounding and education to help them, to help make the transition from being a contributor to being a leader. Um, and, you know, being a leader is, again, partly it's instilling the discipline. So when we work with our clients around their managers and so on, we, you know, we focus a lot on helping them set expectations, but then the biggest chunk of their job is helping their people achieve those expectations and, you know, coaching them to, to be able to execute the skills that will lead them to continuous success. So if Tim, you were selling on the same team as I was, we probably have different capabilities. So the coaching that you would get might be a little bit different than the coaching that I get, but the model and the flow and the consistency of it um, would be similar. And I think the other attribute that I would give that I think a leader needs to have if they're going to be successful is they really need to put the interests of their teams and individuals on their teams ahead of their own. Um, because I think the only way their own self-interests are going to be served is if everybody beneath them wins in their own game. So you know, as well as anyone, maybe better than than the most, that training and professional development are, are important in anyone's career and mm -hmm. their development. So what? tell us a little bit about what type of training and development would you suggest for a young professional starting in sales or considering a career in sales? So two paths. I mean, I think the mistake that some companies make is they train new people who come on board. And let's say young people who come on board, they, there's a disproportionate amount of information on the product as opposed to how clients might use the product or what ultimate impact those products or services would have on the client's business. And that winds up the young salesperson to go out there and be a walking brochure because they can't relate and talk to the business person that they're talking to in any other terms than they were taught. And if they were trained on the product because, you know, product training is important or so I'm told, but, you know, because every product is so complex, but I don't think that it is. And I think that the complexity could easily be shielded if they actually focused on what's that product going to do for the client? How is that going to change the client's reality in a given example or on an ongoing basis? So um, I think the other part of it, because we are dealing with people, it's really, again, that basic, how do you communicate with people on a basic level? So you can actually get your thoughts across. And as importantly, you can actually understand what your prospect is telling you, both very obviously and between the lines. 
Um, so I think that what I would do um, is almost map out their career over a period of, you know, a year, if if that's what, mm-hmm. let's say, is average at your company to ramp up, and really lay out a 12-month plan and almost use the just-in-time approach. The other mistake I see um, inflicted on a lot of young salespeople is everything is thrown at them in their first week or two weeks. So they get brought into Toronto or some other major center and you know for a week they're indoctrinated i mean that literally um into the company's inner stuff whereas you know most of the money comes from the outer stuff so they're thrown everything and i think that if you sort of looked at what a career path or what a development path would look like for a salesperson and figure out okay what do they need to succeed in the first month what do they need to succeed in the second month and just lay that out for them and, and and map your development and training along those lines. If somebody's developing quicker, you can always accelerate it, but at least you don't run the risk of overloading them and confusing them and forcing them to be walking brochures. And I think, you know, I have the advantage of age. I know some might say that it's just being old, but I'll say I have the <laughs> advantage of age. And I remember, I mean, you know, in quote unquote, the old days, the 70s and 80s, um, where if you started for a company of any note, um, you would spend a long time in a development program. I had a friend who worked for IBM and he said he wasn't allowed to go see a client alone for the first 18 months. He was always in some sort of program, mentoring, shadowing and all that. So by the time he was let loose, you know, he was ready in, in every aspect of the word. Whereas now, you know, especially where younger people are likely to get sales jobs, it's a churn and burn. And um, that's why they never develop the basic habits. So I think that I would really step back much like you would understand what a prospect's buying habits are, what this decision process is and things along those lines, and then map out a sales flow based on that. I would do the same type of thing, you know, and use those that same flow to figure out what does Johnny need to be successful this month? What will Johnny need to be successful next month? And just so I don't accuse of being a chauvinist, what does Jill need to be successful in the third month? You touched on a couple of very interesting things there, and, and one of them being close to my profession as an HR professional is that is is that it's not necessarily the what training are you getting, but you made it very clear it's how much and when. And that's you know yeah, and, and that's I think very important too, especially if you're new to an organization, is that onboarding process, you know, and and that of course a lot of that emphasis uh, lays with the employer themselves. How are they uh, developing their onboarding process? But the um, you know the the new incumbent in a role needs to also uh, speak about that as well as what they're looking for. And so I. I know too from my experience that non-job specific training can also be very valuable. Things that augment or supplement uh, and support your role. So, and do you, what training or development courses did you find in throughout your career uh, that were not specifically sales oriented that you found valuable? Things to do with business. I mean, at the end of the day salespeople are for the most part especially the one i deal with like b2b right we're selling to business people some of them are business owners some of them are senior executives i mean again you've been to through my resume you know some of the companies i worked with 
And, right. you know, but they're all, you know, none of those people, if, if I'm going to talk to a VP of sales or if somebody in the software business is going to go and talk to somebody in finance about some new financial applications, none of those people are saying, oh, I got to go into buyer mode right now because I'm meeting with a salesperson. They continue to think about their business based on their objectives, based on their priorities, their resources, and all the things that go into making business decisions. And I think one thing that all companies, including training companies like mine, but also hiring companies could do is really focus on the business acumen of individuals. Um, People often are surprised when they ask me which sales book they should buy their team. And rather than blurting out the name of my book, I say, go buy them the 10-day MBA. Because the person Mm. they're going to be speaking to at the other side of the table is thinking in those terms, not in buyer process or sales process terms. You know, we tend to be a very insular group and we forget that very few people think like us. That's some great insight there. And a lot of it has to do, as you mentioned, around communications. How are you communicating? Who are you communicating to? Who's sitting across the table from you? They're not, like you said, they're not in that buyer mode. They're, you know, the VP or they're... Uh, in, in the C level, so you have to know who you're talking to and and how you're talking to them. Yeah, they're there because somehow you've persuaded them that they should invest an hour in you because you might be able to impact their business, and that's what that hour needs to be about: is how you can impact their business. Um, I think as you elevate your game and and you evolve and you get comfortable in taking on the mantle of being a subject matter expert, you can then challenge some of those things and you can present alternative insights because you've earned the right through your conversation with them and through your experience to show them that as a subject matter expert, there are alternatives to what they're doing. But usually what we end up providing insights into is how they get to their means. Um, but you know, usually if if you can add insight to their internal thinking and what they're trying to achieve, I think you become, you know, most salespeople, if you talk to them, they want to be that trusted advisor. Well, why would I take advice from a walking brochure? I would rather take advice from somebody who seems to understand my business and has helped other similar businesses achieve the type of things that I'm setting out to achieve. Tibor, thank you so much for for taking the time to share your thoughts and your insights with us. I am very confident that our audience will find great value from this. So thank you very much for spending the time with me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And thank you to our listeners. This has been another episode of the Leadership Podcast brought to you by the CPSA. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Leadership Podcast brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.